Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, welcome back to another episode of On the Table Gaming. I'm Chase. And I'm Josh. And we're going to be talking about the House Lannister tactics that come with the A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game starter set. So the starter set comes with its own Lannister tactics cards, as well as tactics cards for the commander of Sir Gregor Clegane, the Mountain, and Sir Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. So we're going to start off by talking about just the the basic tactic decks, and then we'll talk about the commander ones in addition. And uh, let's let's jump right into it. Sounds good. All right. So intrigue and subterfuge. So you know I love these Lannister cards, and this is one that I'm I'm starting out with is one that maybe I haven't got the most value from yet. And I, I think as the game progresses, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lot more using as I'm, I'm more comfortable with the mechanics. So let me read the the lines here. And then uh, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about it, and I'll talk a little about what I'd like to, to do more with it in the future. When an enemy non-combat unit activates, that NCU loses all abilities until the end of the round. If you control the crown, one opponent must also discard one tactics card. All right, so Randomly. what's your initial thoughts on this? Randomly. Randomly yeah. discard one tactics card. Yeah, so that's pretty good. I mean, so... You know, losing all abilities till the end of the round, that really depends on who it is, uh, of course, to see how, how big of an impact that's going to be. Um, you know, you're going to want to save this for, you know, your Catelyn Stark or, you know, your Cersei Lannister. Somebody who has a big impact uh, turn to turn could also be Varys. You know, if you're running the neutral NCU, he can be a real pain in the neck. So it could be very uh, effective ability. And then that sort of cherry on top is having to discard a tactics card at random is just brutal. I mean, it's not necessarily always going to hit what you're looking for, but the odds are going to be something that your opponent was you know, counting on using. So it's a really great way, especially if you play this a little bit later on when they only have one or two cards left. Uh, it looks like they're setting something up. This is a great way to just pull that option out, out from under them. So one of the problems I have with this card is sometimes I'll really just wait for that crown. But I've got to do it when the non-combat unit activates. And I think this is also a card that I would really enjoy playing more against also the Lannisters. Sometimes when there's an NCU that this isn't as impactful on, I end up either just not playing it or or uh, not feeling like I'm getting the full effect of it. So uh, that's something that's on my list to get better about. And if anybody's listening and you've got some particular advice on and on the go-to moves for this, like let us know, let me know. This is the card I think is on my list of get better at using and remembering to use. All right, Fealty the Crown. Now, this one is is a great one. I, I really like this. It fits my style of play. When an enemy fails a panic test, for each model removed by this test, restore one wound to a friendly infantry unit in short range of that enemy. If you control the crown, that unit may restore up to two additional wounds. Um, I love this card on the defensive side. <laughs> You would um, love this card, Chase. <laughs> let, do you want to talk about some of your experiences with it? And now, uh, oh, it's been horrible. Like what this thing when you <laughs> put it in there with a with a unit of Lannister guards with a guard captain. Oh. And you, so I finally chip your stupid Lannister guard unit down to next to nothing, and then finally uh, they're about to go down. Your guard captain goes. Now nah, we're going to trigger Lannister supremacy. I take like three or four wounds. You've already got the crown space. Suddenly, you got six more of those jerks coming back. It is so. It is punishing when you play this card. I mean, it's it's really really strong, especially you know with everything else the Lannisters can do. I I mean it's the nicest way, but I have like a particular like 
sigh noise you make that I I can think of in my head <laughs> from when I put cars like this down. Yeah. That's just years years of my life just falling out of my body, <laughs> just a sheer disappointment. Oh, man. <laughs> And uh, especially combined with the the armor saves of some units that you're putting, like the Guardsman, three-plus save, you're putting units yeah. back into that model. And um, when it's, you know, an additional two wounds, man, that's really great. And you're going to get a lot of mileage out of, of bolstering your units this way. And it's really frustrating, I feel like, as well, for your opponents. Yeah. That maybe you work so hard to finish, try and finish that unit off or, or really cripple it. And then you're like, yeah, no, this is fine. I'm, we're okay. Yeah. We're we're back at it. It's that it's that Sisyphus effect, right? It, that it the, really the, is, the, though, right? I'm just like I'm almost there. No, 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 no. You're just going over the other side. I mean, <laughs> I think the Lannister army like actually has a morale effect, like on enemy players. Like yeah. it's like a minus two to your opponent's morale. It's um. very thematic. Yeah, I definitely have. I have several minuses to my morale when I play a Lannister unit. All right, hear me roar. Uh, this is just a kind of like a fun little giggly one that I like is uh, when an enemy makes a panic attest, that enemy suffers negative one to their roll and an additional negative one for each destroyed rank. If you control the crown, they also become panicked. Ugh. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is the card that just like straight up laughs in the face of Direwolf's fervor. Where you're just like, <laughs> I play Direwolf's fervor and I just play a lion that just eats that Direwolf. It's like this, <laughs> this card just laughs at it. You know, you got a minus one for an no, extra minus one for each rank. And you become panicked if you got the crown space. It's just like, oh, my goodness. This is just, you know, a cherry on top to really crush a unit with panic. And the best part is uh, on the Lannister side is that, you know, you're you're really working to get positive morale mm. effects into play. Um, I've got more negative morale effects that I can deal with. And so this can be – I can use this whenever I want, and I can still probably get a negative morale effect in another area on the board when I need it from other NCUs or or – or units having uh, Lannister supremacy, so I can I can use this and save it, knowing you know what you're going to want to do something here, like to boost your morale. Nope, just kidding. You can't now. Um, and and they also become panicked. Putting a panic token on there um, to use then or to use later. Just just more panic tokens on the board. The happier Lannisters are. It's money in the bank. It literally is, and we always pay our debts. So, um, <laughs> speaking of paying things, paid mutiny. Uh, when an enemy combat unit activates, that unit must pass a morale test, or its attachments lose all abilities until the end of the round, and the unit suffers D3 wounds. If you control the wealth tactic slot, they suffer negative two to their roll, and if they fail, suffer three wounds instead of rolling yeah this one this one's pretty good too uh you know i i think this one's maybe not the most effective though because i i do still find myself not running a ton of attachments uh so losing the abilities is not always that horrible but it let's say i was running a lannister unit against you and i was using the mountain that rides in my unit of lannister uh sorry knights of casterly rock then you could just make me pass a panic test and then turn off the ability if i fail plus those d3 wounds you know the d3 wounds is really just sort of a bonus uh it's really shutting off the attachments that's the most important thing uh so it's you know it could be pretty uh pretty useful you know this card seems so good but it's I feel like you always seem to pass your morale effects when I do this. I'm trying to shut down, you know, Rob Stark from giving out a disorderly charge or Bran and Hodor. I just have a, a negative experience with I have all these negative effects to your morale, like you're failing all the place, units are fleeing. And then when I'm like, okay, so now I really actually really need this unit to not have its attachments, 
make a morale test. You got negative two to your roll. And there's as many times when that unit is either A, already like a high value unit like Berserkers that already have a pretty good morale that I've I've maybe lowered a decent amount with, with uh, negatives. But um, a lot of times you've just passed that. And uh, I found it can be a poor decision to plan your strategy around this card actually going off. Uh, there's right. been a few times where I've made that gamble being like, boom, paid mutiny, here we go, and then um, it not paying off, literally. Yeah, I mean, that is an important distinction is that this is, you know, there is a, a role to see if this happens at all, right? So, you know, there's you'll, you'll see a little bit of a theme in some of the Lannister cards that there is sort of a, you know, you have to hit a point for it to do anything. Uh, and this is, you know, sort of following along with that where a lot of the other cards are, you know, they're definitely going to go off as long as they don't get canceled. So I you know in a weird way, I sometimes I try to think of my tactics cards as like what's really efficient and then what's kind of like a win more card where it's like I'm already winning here and now if I play this down, then I'm really going to do it. This kind of falls into that category. Yeah. So, you know, it's good. Is the D3 wounds ever really going to make a difference? No, that's just, so. you know, Who cares? a little bump. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the really the, the what you're looking for is the attachment um, and and. Like I said, I mean, the, the attachments are, for, for us at least, has been, you know, kind of few and far between. But let's say this was, again, Lannister versus Lannister, and you're playing this on the unit of guardsmen with the guard captain, and you turn that guy off. Oh, that yeah. There we go. All right. See, I found the use for it. There we go. It's, it's getting those Lannisters to fight each other. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's my only hope. All right. Wealth of the Rock. When a friendly combat unit is attacked after attack, attack dice are rolled, that unit gains plus one to defense save rolls this attack. If you control the wealth tactic slot, also automatically block D3 hits. Yes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> um, especially when you get one of those those dark units that's doing all that fancy footwork, and they approach you, they carefully size up the difference, they make a maneuver, and then they, they maybe play an NCU to, to move to the side, and they maybe get a card, and they come all around behind you, and they hit in the side, and oh no, minus one to your armor. They did all that to get to combat with you, and you can say, okay, we're going to cancel that out, and uh, that minus one of my armor be- gets becomes neutralized by my <laughs> plus one, and I'm going to block uh, D3 of the hits you do there, and then next turn I'm going to start grinding it down. Yeah, see, you just pointed out the, the Lannister style. is It's like it's not really a, a tactical army. It's literally just they can react by doing nothing at all. But it's like, it's, <laughs> but right, it becomes a card game where I'm like, I'm waiting to use this card. Where, yeah. you know, the Starks are really having to put in some legwork and move around. This is like kind of like a nullification deck here where I can just be like, yeah, no, like all that stuff you did, that hard work or that planning ahead, like, yeah. no. And, you know, sure, plus one to your defense save on a guardsman that's already taken minus one. Staying at three plus isn't a big deal. But a plus one to a three plus armor when they're getting attacked in the front, having a two plus armor save. That's pretty awesome. You're doing nothing. Um, you have the best armor in the game. I mean, plus you could have exactly. another D3 hits. Nobody talks about it, though, because you don't have that cool, like, Flayed Man style with the capes billowing and the and the big maces and, and chains. So, <laughs> you know, Lannisters can't be everything, but I'm just saying they could be that cool. They got the wealth of the rock. Um, yeah. <laughs> they gotta, they, all right. And then um, if that's not enough, building off the awesomeness of wealth in the rock, we've got counterplot. When an opponent plays a tactics card, roll a die. On three plus, cancel the effect of that tactics card. If you control the crown, you may re-roll this die. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? This card sucks to see on the other side. 
you're like, all right, he's never going to see this coming. I got this awesome plan. I'm going to play a sudden charge. I'm going to play a swift advance. I'm going to sneak in behind him, hit him in the rear. And then you go, nah, you're not going to do any of that. <laughs> and then counterplot, roll three plus. Now, I mean, you do have to roll three plus, so you can fail on a one or a two. A lot of times you will control the crown, though, so you can re-roll. And on two of those rolls, I would expect you to succeed. But, um, you know, it, it it's a very, very, very powerful uh, tactic. And the, the really, the, the big thing is um, the uncertainty you have of when I have it in my hand. And so you're planning out your calculated maneuvers as a Stark player, and you really need some of these combos to go off. But you got to think in the back of your head at all times, man, he could counterplot this. And what's my situation then? Just even the value of that, the, 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 the mental threat, I mean, makes this card so good. And the thing is, it's going to be so good always. No matter what army you face, no matter what the lineup is, stopping their tactics cards, whether it's bringing in another unit of free folk on the table or, or anything, it's so good. Really, I think that's that's the cherry on the top for all things Lannister right there. Yeah. And and there's really, you know, the other thing, reason it's so powerful is there's not really anything that anyone can do about it, right? So it's just, if you're going to pull it off and you roll the dice, you know, then that's that. You've got it. So it's it's a super powerful ability that can really, because a lot of times, you know, you, ha- you have to play like you're going to be able to play your cards. If you're playing like maybe you have a counterplot in hand, you know, you're giving up on opportunities because they can only have a maximum of two of them that they've seen over the course of a game, which, yeah, it'd be really frustrating to see when it does come up, but you always have to play like you're going to be able to use them. But then when the counterplot comes out, it can really throw a monkey through wrench into your plan. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's not forget this last but not least card. A Lannister pays his debts. When a friendly unit is destroyed, one enemy becomes panicked and one enemy becomes vulnerable. You may select the same enemy. If you control the wealth tactic slot, also return one other discarded tactic card to your hand. Yeah, so do you remember when I was saying before that you only have two counterplots in hand? <laughs> yes, yes. You could, you could have four. Yes, <laughs> if yes. If you really want. Oh, oh goodness, that is ridiculous. I just, I love it. I love these cards. I'm, I'm going to be... So sad when I start playing free folk to give up some of this. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Oof. Their cards, their cards put units back on the table. I know really. it's it's so Come different on. though. But look at it's I mean so look fun. at this card. I'm just holding. I'm like you can't you can't see in the pockets. I'm like holding it like a baby in my hands here. Yeah. Panic tokens. I feel like every time you play it, I should be able to rip it in half. <laughs> four. <laughs> it's up to four times. I guess it'd only be two times then. I can't bring it back. <laughs> um, okay. Putting a panic token on the board. Um, I think is one of the, the the best things a Lannister player can do and the most infuriating oh, yeah. thing they can do because you're already stacking the modifiers so high sometimes and then being like, you know, it's a minus six to your roll and being like, oh, like, look at that, boxcars. Like, well, let's have you re-roll that. I'm going to spend the panic token. That's so good. And uh, vulnerable as well. Um, I think the other thing about this is that uh, that vulnerable token. You know, well, I think I kind of prefer having a weakened token so that people can't do damage to me. You know, we do have a hard time pu- pushing out damage, and having a vulnerable token for your Knights of Casterly Rock to tee off on somebody with, you can set up some nice combos for that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. The power of tokens is, is not to be understated. You know, being, having them stay on the table and persist until they're most useful uh, is, is awesome. But... You know, one of the things that's challenging with this card is I never play this card unless I have the wealth slot. 
because I really want to bring back things like counterplot to my hand. And so that, that secondary effect being so good in some ways can hamstring your use of this card. Yeah, and I, I find that, you know, what's kind of funny is the, the way that we've been playing is a lot of times we end up taking each other's, like, sort of preferred tactic zones just because we don't want the other one to have them. Like, I end right. up taking the wealth and the crown a lot, and you end up taking maneuver and combat. And uh, it's kind of funny because then we're like, man, a lot of these secondary effects just never seem to fire. Uh, <laughs> and it's just because we're, like, just in denial mode all the time. Oh, I mean, nobody wants those Starks running around in circles around our units. Some of us do, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about the commander units here. And uh, in the box, the starter box set, you've got Gregor, Gregor Cogain, the Mountain, and Sir Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. And let's start in with everybody's favorite, the Mountain, the Beast of a Man with Overrun. When a friendly unit destroys an enemy, instead of maneuvering, that unit may pivot and then make a charge action. If this unit is a House Clegane unit, it gains plus two to its charge distance roll. I wish this guy was in the Starks because that oh. is so good. It's terrifying. Thank God it's in those, you know, puny Lannister arms. <laughs> That's the only people that can use this. But man, oh man, that can be really powerful. And uh, to me, how I read this though is it's uh, when a friendly unit destroys an enemy, a unit that has Gregor Cagain in it gets to do this because I'm not usually taking the Mountain Men. I find that as a unit, they can be isolated easily, and and uh, you know it's it's there's more labor has to be put into getting them to perform than what you can get in some of your other units. So really, what I'm using this is to make the mountain like a killing machine, and whatever unit he's in to uh, to to dish out additional damage. But you know, it it doesn't have to be a Clegane unit. Um, it's just giving it the plus two distance. But a lot of times I, I find that you're really smart about how you place your units and uh, getting that plus two can can really help. You know, anytime you're wiping through them, if you're getting that, that damage out, keep it on moving. It's just that most of the time my guardsmen or the units that I like to have as my staple units aren't mopping the floor with units in a way that I get to uh, maneuver frequently. So sometimes I'm sitting on this card for a little bit. Right. I mean, but if you think about it, like, you know, even if you don't have – Clegane in the unit. It's mm-hmm. a friendly unit. It doesn't have to be infantry. Right. Knights of Casterly Rock, right? You you charge in, you, you do a ton of damage, but you pick off the last remnants of a unit. You throw this in there, boom. You know, you got another charge off into another. I mean, that's massively powerful. So that's, that's really, if I was looking to use this card, uh, I would definitely be looking to apply it to them. And that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's really the workhorse of the Lannister Force right now, it, unless I'm getting a uh, Halberdiers with a uh, Gregor Cagain, you know, embedded in them. Uh, That's pretty tasty, too. That is delicious. (laughs) All right. Fury of the Mountain. You don't like him when he's angry. Um, (laughs) When a friendly unit makes a melee attack, this attack gains critical blow. Rolls of six cause two hits. If this is a House Clegane unit, critical blow instead triggers on rolls of a five plus. Holy crap. That's pretty good. Man. And I, and I feel like I have some vivid memories, and it's probably just of, of you know, uh, self-selected memories here, but I'm just, you know, being like, oh, now they have critical blows, and just rolling, like, a ton of sixes, and yeah. just being yeah, like, exactly. oh. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I only need fives now, and now it's all six. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, wow, okay. Uh, you know, I just, like, almost, you know, added a third more hits to my damage. I don't know. I mean, what's, is there anything not to like about this? 
I think it's awesome. I mean, the, the main thing is I, I'm looking to use this on like the halberdiers, you know, right. Like, I don't think the guardsmen are doing a whole lot with this, you know, maybe like, what do they roll six dice at max? Right. Yeah. And it drops off pretty quickly after that. You know, it, it, that does matter. But I think, you know, if you're throwing this on halberds, now you're talking like, you know, you have seven dice, maybe the mountains in this unit. So he's got his stuff going on. And then you got these five plus critical blows with surrendering. Right. You know, that is a big deal. So I, I would look for it on, on that unit. But I think that's a good point, actually. As far as actual melee damage, that's not something the the start the uh, the Lannisters attrition well with. Not really. As this is really getting you off like a, a good alpha swing, and then mm-hmm. then you're bogged down. But you know what? This helps with that. Getting things started, getting those critical blows in. Yeah, absolutely. Which brings us to orders to destroy. When you claim any zone on the tactics board, replace that zone's effect with. One friendly unit may make a free melee attack action and rolls plus two dice. If this ha- if this is a House Clegane unit, it may instead make a free charge action and rolls plus two dice. Oh, my God. These are yeah. all amazing. They're all so good. Uh, just so good and thankfully not in the hands of the Starks because, yes. oh, my gosh. Um, but well, still, if the had access to these abilities, they they would like be mowing through. No. I, I think it's it's probably fitting that that the effects that are this potent for melee attacks are in the hands of an army that can't really right. I mean, not that they can't really do a lot of damage with them, but it's harder for them to have that sort of raw combat output. But it does make you feel a little bit more effectual in combat. I, th- I think that really helps. And I mean, and this is great. Definitely. Um, yeah, and that's a that's a card I might dig back through my deck and pull out. You know, when I'm when I'm uh, getting a chance to go into my discard pile, you know, looking for that opportunity, because sometimes, you you know, you, you, you could maybe take the melee zone and then take another zone and place it with this and have a unit attack multiple times in a round and really, you know, grind through some some opponents. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So kind of a, a different shift here then is uh, Sir Jamie Lannister uh, having a different approach and a different synergy with the the Lannister forces here. So starting off with Deadly Riposte, uh, when an enemy unit makes a melee attack before attack dice are rolled, for each miss, that enemy suffers one automatic hit. If they are attacking Jamie Lannister's unit, they suffer plus two additional automatic hits. Now, I actually haven't used Jamie Lannister as much as I would like to have, but uh, what, are you, what are your initial impressions of this card? Yeah, so that, this is awesome. And I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, this is something that would be great if you think that you're, attack, you're being attacked by someone that doesn't have uh, a really good to hit dice. Uh, in particular, if you're using like uh, Pycelle and you're throwing out a weakened token so that you're generating more misses than they usually would have, uh, this is a great way to do passive damage to those types. Yeah, right now a lot of the Stark, the scarier Stark units, though I feel like, have pretty good to hit die. So that's you know not always optimal. But I mean, I guess you just really read the situation. And as you line up your troops, then if you're waiting to play this card or you know this is going to be coming up in your hand, um, you know you just be careful about how you're positioning your units. And I'm, I'm really you want to use this on Jamie Lannister's unit itself. Definitely, definitely. All right, Kingslayer's renown. When an enemy combat unit activates, that enemy becomes weakened. If they are within short range of Jamie Lannister's unit, they then they also become panicked. Man. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good effect too. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean the weakened tokens, that's really I think what it's all about. Uh making it difficult for the enemy to actually 
kill your units off. It's going to allow for more opportunities to trigger Lannister supremacy. It's going to let your units stick around more to either be replenished or um, you know just continue to grind things out or hold objectives. Uh, this is this is a great card. Right. I mean, we've seen with Pycelle like how much a vulnerable token can really make the difference and and really remove uh, a lot of the offensive potential of of the Stark army. Uh, and, and this is just something that's baked right in on top of that. And, and then that, you know, if you do have that distance to, to Jamie, then you're talking about now you're also dealing with a panic test, a panic uh, token, which is, you know, <laughs> that's the last thing you want if you're facing the land. Yeah. Weakened panic. I mean, that's all just great stuff to have out there. Yeah. And then finally, expert parry. Uh, when a friendly combat unit is attacked with melee, um, after attack dice are rolled, each defense save roll of six blocks two hits. If that unit contains Jamie Lannister, rolls of five plus block two hits instead. Okay, so I always save this then for Jamie Lannister. While I'm talking about how awesome it's, I've had rolls rolling critical blows to do damage. For some reason, and I know this is not how dice work, when I roll defense saves, unless it's like an insanely good defense save, I feel like the dice conspire against me. <laughs> and if you tell me like I need to roll sixes or people die, it just doesn't seem to happen. Yeah. Well, it's, I have the opposite uh, result when I'm rolling my panic test, and it's like, I just need to not roll a two, and then there you go. Uh, <laughs> you've rolled snake eyes so many times yeah. that I just the, – the laws of probability, like, are warped, and uh, right. I, maybe – there, the, there were three times in one game <laughs> on panic test that I rolled uh, oh, double ones. It was yeah. so bad. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, you know, you got your unit of, uh, of uh, troopers with Jamie Lannister – and in this case, the question is, what unit do you place him in? I, I usually like throwing Jamie in with uh, halberdiers. Uh, I think guardsmen work best with the guard captain. I think that uh, what Jamie does is he makes them a little more survivable, uh, makes the units that are attacking them, uh, you know, do it just a little bit worse, uh, which I think is uh, is really important. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the way to go. Uh, at least now, that's definitely the unit you're gonna you're gonna want to place them in. And, you know, anything you can do to extend their longevity, uh, they can't weather attacks quite as well as the Guardsmen. A four-plus armor save, it's only one point difference. It makes a big difference in the long run when you're getting hit with a lot of attacks. Oh, without a doubt. So anything you can do to block two hits. And then, you know, comboing with other Lannister cards, trying to, you know, restore wounds with Fields of the Crown. You can really, you know, bolster your troops up and, and any unit he's with then can have a, a rather long and prosperous life. <laughs> and that's the and that's the units that come in the in the in the the intro starter set. Those are the Lannister tactics cards and commanders. The it, bad guys. The what? Uh, but they feel so they feel so good to play though, right? Um, <laughs> they do. They're, they're they're super fun to play. I I know I always uh, complain, but I'm just joking around. They're they're very fun uh, to play. I just I, I they're they're an army that I love to hate. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's favorite bad guy. Uh, with the Night's Watch coming out, with the Free Folk, suddenly now we're going to have really four distinct iconic factions, and uh, I'm really excited to see how they mix up and play with each other. So if you're thinking of buying uh, your unit to expand your starter set and you decided to go with the Lannisters, the Hero Box Set 1 is going to give you access to a ton of new tactics cards, really allow you to play this this faction in a variety of different ways. But that being said, in the starter set between the Mountain and Jamie Lannister, you've got more of a defensive and an offensive commander. It's a really great balance there. I'd still recommend Absolutely. picking up that box, though. But what you got here, 
is a great place to start. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, you've got you've got again two you know commanders that have completely different styles. Got your your stru- straight combat style. You've got your defensive counterpunch style, uh, and I think it's really awesome that you really get to kind of see how that affects your army. And then, like you said, once you throw the commander box in the here the Lannister hero box, it, then you get even more options, and you can see how much your commander and your NCUs can really shape the way your army plays. So with that being said, you've got some tactics discussion under your belt. It's time to take those Lannister units and get them out on the table. <laughs> 